This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. It's the conference championship edition, guys. As we look ahead to this weekend, we're finally there to figure out who's going to make the Super Bowl. But before we get there, Jason LaConfora, Carl Dukes, put him up. We're here to talk about what happened. Because, Jason, we got a lot to react to coming off of an incredible division round weekend. And I think the big question, right, moving forward and even as we saw it play out last week was, what's the deal with Patrick Mahomes? How severe is this injury? Are the Chiefs leading us on to believe that this is not going to be a big deal? They're saying he will play. So we know that as of today when we record this podcast, guys, Tuesday, I think he's playing Sunday. But let's talk about what the Chiefs were able to do against the Jags because Travis Kelsey, it seems like nobody ever has any answers for this guy. He had 10 catches in the first half, and I'm going yeah. the Jags defense. What are they doing out here? I just I was kind of perplexed that they let him get going that early and that often. Yeah, I mean, I think when you go back and look at it, I mean, it really was all dink and dunk. I think at one point, like he had 10 catches on 11 targets for like 55 yards. So – Screen stuff, obviously, the red zone is imperative, right? I mean, it's it's about sevens, not threes. Um, and he was a big part of them being able to cap those drives. Um, yeah, it just seemed like it was there whenever they wanted it, whenever they needed it, and they leaned into it heavily, and it helped carry the day for them when Mahomes wasn't right. And I don't know, Carl, like – He's going to, I'm sure he's going to, he'll play. Like, I don't doubt that. Like, he'll get treatment all week. They'll keep him off his feet. They'll do around the clock stuff, hyperbaric chamber, whatever it takes. <laughs> right. He'll play. I don't know that he's going to play well. Like, I don't know that he's Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it will affect their game plan. I talked to some personnel people who watch that game. Um, you know, they're not doctors, but they've been in the league a long time. You know, talked to a general manager who watched it closely. Like, they think Andy Reid's going to have to alter his game plan. Like, they don't think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes under center a ton. Like, the backpedaling stuff looked like a big problem for him, having to yeah. go back and hand off. Yeah. Right now, you'll shoot him up and do what you have to do, but the, but that doesn't get you through three and a half hours. You know, four hours, whatever this takes. Like, that'll wear off. Um, honestly, I wonder if in his heart of hearts, Andy Reid, if he gave him truth here, would say, I wish we would have played the Bills in Atlanta just because could you manage this thing better 
right? And a hermetically sealed yes. dome when you know exactly how everything's going to be versus Kansas City where the weather's fluctuating. It might get a little slick on the surface. There might be some condensation. Uh, I think they're talking about 11 degrees. Like, I, that's, you know, like, I, I just think it's going to be a factor in this game. Is it going to be the primary factor? Maybe. But it's going to be a mitigating factor to some degree. And because that defense is bad, right, that's not a good defense. It's just not. It's the worst of the four teams left, right? Worst of the four teams left. Definitely. Hands down, yes. And even just compared to the rest of the league, not good. Like, not only not good by playoff standards, just not good. 33 passing touchdowns allowed most of the NFL against a team that has the special sauce to stop the offense, even when Mahomes is himself. Like, if Zach Taylor comes out aggressively and they get up 10 nothing then you're not like, I don't think Andy Reid's going to be able to McKinnon and Pacheco them to death and short passes to the tight end. But I don't know that they can do much more than that because how how much can he push the ball? And if you know, you don't even need to spy him. You don't even need to mush rush him. He's staying in the pocket. When he drops back, that's the point we launch. Like the, the target when you're pass rushing him, you don't have to worry about hedging your bets. Like where he's standing is where he's throwing, that's a game changer for me. That that for a defense that again already kind of knows how to handle him. I, I think it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. And I again I can't imagine that Patrick Mahomes is anywhere close to hundred percent. Yeah. And the other fear, Jason, if you're a Chiefs fan, and this is going to sound weird because he's so good. He's so he's so damn brilliant when he's healthy is that when you get in those situations and you feel like you can't do the things you want to do, you overcompensate. That's when you start throwing in the coverages that you shouldn't throw into. That's when you start making the throws that you shouldn't throw and maybe you should have threw it away because I got to make a play because I'm trying to do too much. And I think that's the other part of this. We'll see how it plays out, but I totally agree with you. I think, listen, when I saw the number shift yesterday, right, we went from Sunday to Monday, when my show my show started here in Atlanta at 2 o'clock, Chiefs were still favored. By the end of the show at 7 o'clock, it was a one-and-a-half favorite for the Cincinnati Bengals on the road, and the Chiefs yeah. are underdogs at home. I think that screams volumes to what Vegas thinks about what you're saying and to how we're not going to be able to see Mahomes with what he does. What makes him special is all this stuff outside the pocket, right? Running yeah. sideways. Throwing yes. it underarm and all. He, he's not going to be able to do all that. Jumping in the air, throwing it over people, behind the back, no look. But I think what really is soul-crushing is when you finally do get him in third and 11 and you're playing everything right and you, no one's open and he just spins away from somebody and runs for 11 and a half. It's like, God. Yep. You know, gets just past the sticks. And I just don't think that's going to be there. I don't think that's something they can count on that they can lean on. Um, Not to say they can't find a way to win this thing ugly, but I don't – like, even if Mahomes was 100%, I'd probably be leading Cincinnati because I've seen the defense now three times. They're good. what it had to do to win that game. Yeah. And Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter right now, nobody's beating the babyface assassin, not even Patrick Mahomes. And now we're talking about 60%, 70% Patrick Mahomes, whatever it is. Um. And, and look, the Bengals' offensive line, and we'll you know we'll get into that game. It still doesn't look good on paper, 
But for the way they ran it against the Bills, I mean, like the way they ran their short passing offense, right? They threw the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage way more than they normally do. Um, and they ran the ball really well. And, and the last time they ran the ball like that was at Arrowhead week 13, and they didn't have Nixon. And P. Ryan went over 100 yards. So I just don't know about this matchup for Andy Reid and company. I'm with you. I feel the same way. They broke uh, Buffalo off for buck 70 and made it look easy, you know? And and so this is going to be intriguing, man. I, I want to talk about the Jags for a second. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We put out new episodes every Tuesday, Thursday, leading into championship weekend. Baldy will be here on Thursday. We'll break down all the games. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes with you. The Jags are coming. And I just want to put this out there I don't know at what point Calvin Ridley will be reinstated. But when you look at the Jaguars receiving core, okay, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones Jr., and now you're going to add Calvin Ridley. Now, I know the gambling thing is is looming over his head, but I got to tell you, he can play, okay? He can play. So when you put that guy into the mix of what they already have and Travis Etienne getting better, boy – Trevor Lawrence is going to have some yes. – lo- he's going to be loaded offensively next season. And I'm just assuming, again, he's going to get reinstated. Jason, the Jags are coming, man. I like the yes. way they played. They were probably two plays away from maybe winning this yep. game against the Chiefs. No doubt about it. No, the arrows pointed way up. And then you look at them versus the rest of their division. Colts are still looking for a coach. Texans are still looking for a coach. And Tennessee just you know, fired their GM in the middle of the year when they were in first place. And, you know, you know, hire Rand Carthon. I think it's a great hire. But, like, I think they're rebuilding. I think they're going to trade Tannehill. Like, I, I think they're going to have to retool. So, yeah, the Jags are very well positioned. Their, their naivete showed up in a few critical spots in that game. Um, obviously, the two turnovers and three plays was the difference. Some drops, both them dropping interceptions and Christian Kirk dropping a ball. You know, that's probably a house call. Um and it's tough. You know, that, that that's a lot of guys' first road playoff game. They got it out of their system. They gave the Chiefs, you know, a, a good fight. And, yeah, like Marvin Jones is a free agent. The rest of those guys aren't at the receiving core. So you sub in Ridley for him. I think they're going to they're gonna keep Ingram. I think they'll end up keeping Ingram. Yeah, I do too. So now you really just have to lean into continue to build your defensive line and, you know, Offensive line as well. Like, that's it. I mean, I think they just continue to draft in the trenches. And with that quarterback, they're gonna be they're gonna be a factor. Yeah, no doubt. Let's shift gears and talk about what the Bengals were able to do on the road to the Bills. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I've gotten this a lot over the last few days over the weekend. Dukes, the bills are cursed. They can't get over the hump. Something always goes wrong with the Bills, even when they're the favorite and they're at home. Now, I'm not a believer in this, okay? I I get it. Fans make up crap, you know, whether you want to believe that or not, because they lost four Super Bowls in a row in the 90s. I don't buy all of that. They got outplayed. 
They got out physical and they got outplayed. I mean, to me, Jason, this is like simple math. This is not hard, right? We're football guys. We cover the league. But at the end of the day, you just turn on the tape and you see how dominant the Bengals were from start to finish. This wasn't about the Bills being cursed. They got outplayed on their home field. But let me ask you, what does it mean for Josh Allen? Because here we are again, and we're talking about this upper echelon of quarterbacks. And right now, Burrow is here, okay? He just is. And Allen is is here trying to figure it out. Yeah, no, there there was no bad luck or circumstance or mishap. You said it. They got pushed around. They got bullied from the first possession of that game, really, till the last. and they got out coached too. I mean, it, it was across the board, like it was not a good day for them. And you would think it should have been DeMar Hamlin's back. It's mm. snowing. The crowd's nuts. <laughs> Bengals down three offensive linemen. But it was one-way traffic. Um, you know, I get I, I talked to some people at, at, right after that game, guys who work in the league, and, you know, Bill's offensive line is good. It's not great. Like, could you upgrade there? You could. You know, the pass rush was a problem. They yeah. got Von Miller to try to address it. Von Miller got hurt. That happens with older players. Um, you know, Basham and Russo, did they really take the world by storm this year? No, they didn't. I mean, I think when they're sitting in their organizational meetings, they're probably going to say, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Um they couldn't make Joe Burrow flinch, and he only had two offensive linemen who he's ever played with before. So, you know, I think that certainly played a role in it. Um, Josh Allen got outplayed by Joe Burrow. No two ways about that. Like, I don't think Josh Allen can't win in the playoffs. Like, what Josh Allen did at Arrowhead last year in the playoffs was amazing. Mahomes was one play better. Like, that's why they went and got Von Miller, right? I mean, that's right. Why. That's right. They gave him whatever they get, 36, what are they, 40 million fully guaranteed in the first two years of that deal. And that's a guy who'd been hurt a lot the previous three years, and he got hurt. Like, it, it, I mean, it happens, but it's a really good franchise. They've they've completely turned it around from what it was when Brandon Bean and McDermott got there. But, like, the AFC is a muff, man. Like, it went from – Brady and Manning to Mahomes and Burrow. I mean, that's tough. Like it, it there's gonna be a lot of teams over the next decade in that conference who are perpetually left at the altar. Um, but yeah, this one stings more because you know it was at home. Yeah. And I, I don't know, Carl, the better team won. I I, don't, I mean people. Like, so I do radio show in Baltimore, obviously same division as the Bengals. Like, the amount of people who won't give these guys their due, like, they just still look at it like it's the Bungles, you know? Yes. And so that's over, man. It's not Paul Brown Stadium anymore. It's whatever the hell, they, I sell somewhere or whatever, because they got to pay Joe Burrow. So they changed the name of the stadium. Like, it's literally the stadium that Joe Burrow rebuilt. Yeah. It's special. And the defense is the defense is so good. Like it's good. Lou and Arubo, man, they never give up more than 24 points in the playoffs now for two years, six games. Nobody does anything for them in the second half. Like 
that Bills thing, and as good as that offense is, and their season's on the line, coming out with the first possession of the second half, and what the hell did they do with it? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I. Uh, what did you think about the, the chase overturn touchdown and the Josh Allen non-fumble that was a fumble? We see these uh, these blunders by the officials. Oh, it's a little fishy, huh? Yeah, I just – and again, you know, listen, I'm not accusing anybody of anything because it's not in my nature. But, but we got to talk about it because it looked a little suspicious. The Allen fumble was obvious to me. The overturn call yeah. with Jamar Chase, I get it. I thought it was a touchdown, but all right. But those are the kind of plays, man. They, they completely turn a game, right? Well, that's the thing. To anybody who would say the Bills are cursed, I would say, well, wait a minute. They got, like, everything worked. The weather worked in their favor. Home field worked in their favor. The refs worked in their favor. And they still got outclassed. Like, the better, like again, the, the, the better team won. The Bills were the healthier team by and large. Um, yeah, look, I, I wonder if we find out a week from now that Josh Allen is going to get this cleaned up or that cleaned up, you know what I mean? And the shoulder yeah. maybe was a little bigger of a deal than, than anybody wanted to let on at the time. Cause they're trying to make a super bowl run. Um, and that's not to make excuses for them. Um, the defense was really good. Not enough. Great players made great plays for them on defense this year. I felt like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it the didn't pop as the star. Yes. And when your offense is scored 20, 28 to 30 a game, it makes the defense better, right? But when the offense is bogged down, can somebody over there get that big sack? Can somebody over there force that huge turnover? Can somebody over there take an interception to the house? And there, I, I just feel like through the length and breadth of their season, there wasn't a ton of that. I want to address this Stefan Diggs situation. You've seen the footage by now where he's on the sideline. He's yeah. basically showing up Josh Allen – who knows what the hell he's saying? Doesn't matter. Here's my issue. And I know he put out a Twitter post or some Insta post basically saying, you know, I'm not cool with losing or you want me to be all right with losing. Nah. I, nobody's cool with losing. But it's how you lose, right? It's yeah. how you maintain and, and dictate, you know, being a captain on that team and, and, and showing by example. And, and I thought, Jason – you know, it was complete BS the way he showed up Josh Allen. Dude got targeted 10 times in the game. Yeah. I don't know what he wanted. I mean, I don't know if he wanted 20 targets. I don't even right. know if it would have mattered with the way the Bengals were playing defense. But just to show up the guy that is trying to get you involved, he's trying to get you the ball. Dude, it's just not working. Some days yeah. it's just not working. And you go, all right, you know what, we tried. But to, to, to do what he did and be demonstrative about it and act the fool, yeah. I thought it was just complete BS by Diggs, man. Yeah, I mean, his frustration got the best of him. Um, you know, I, I'd i like to think that there's been a phone call, you know what I mean? Or he said, hey, man, like, I got to say what I got to say publicly, you know. But you're my, you know, I should have done that. You're my guy. Like, I lost my cool. Um, but he had also, you know, like, he went and, like, got out of the locker room, like, like apparently just uh, – Left and then Duke Johnson brought him back and then he left again. So, yeah, I mean it's a long off season. I'm sure they'll work it out. Um, could they use one more thing? I mean, it's like you go back and I don't know, man. Like Dawson Knox is pretty good. Like he's not otherworldly, but I mean, how many otherworldly tight ends are there? You know what I mean? Like I've seen Gabe Davis do a lot of big things on a big stage. Now he had a, he had a couple of plays he walked back in that game. 
I think. But, like, I mean, I guess could they use another receiver? I guess. I mean, a lot of people talk about the running back. They were one of the better rushing teams in the league. Now, I get it. The quarterback had a lot to do with that. You know, do I think a, them getting Josh Jacobs in free agency all of a sudden means they're not going to lose to a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes in a championship game or a divisional game the final you know, the following year? Eh. Can you guarantee that? I don't think you can guarantee that. I mean, I, no. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I uh, I do think they have to address that. But I don't know if that gives them the edge. Either way, right. Bills at home. It's going to be a long off season, um, and you know I am curious to see how they retool. They don't need to rebuild. It's that's a good right. football team. They just need to retool a couple of things, and you know. But but this is what they played for. They wanted home field, you yeah. know, in this particular game, and they got it, and just weren't able to take advantage of it. It's in the huddle, guys. Jason Lock on four. Follow him. Of course, he writes for the Washington Post as well. Follow me at Put Him Up, see Dukes, and this podcast in the huddle. Subscribe, get it wherever you get your podcast. We put out new episodes every Tuesday and Wednesday or Tuesday and Thursdays. And we talk about all things NFL. Obviously, looking back at the divisional round, we'll look ahead to the conference championship on Thursday, breaking down some things with Brian Baldinger. Let's shift gears, man, and talk about the Eagles. I thought they were the most dominant performance, yeah. the most dominant team all weekend. They get Hurts back. We wondered if he was completely healthy. Yeah. He is. Yeah. And this was a situation where, what, Gainwell and Sanders, I think they ran for over 200 yards in this game. I'm not sure. And I'll say this. It's Tuesday. I like the Eagles going to the Super Bowl, okay? I I know Purdy is 8-0 and all of that, but I just think going on the road against that defense is going to be challenging for Purdy. He's not seen anything like it. But let's talk about how they beat up the Giants because I thought the Giants were just outmatched, Jason. Yeah, I, look, I thought the Giants could run the ball a ton and make this a game and hang in there. No, this was pretty much – you knew by the end of the first quarter what where where this game was headed. Um, Eagles were better across the board. Eagles had no I, – I wondered if they'd come out a little tight, you know, a little worried because of all the weight of expectations is on them. No, they came out loosey-goosey. We're the better team. We're going to show you the better team. And we're going to have – you know, we're going to be able to close up shop by halftime. And, and that was – effectively the case um yeah man lane johnson look i mean i get it he's not 100 percent, but is he a beast? good to me is he a uh, beast man he didn't give up guys he didn't give up any pressures okay at all Kayvon thibodeau is over there yeah. he has no sacks no quarterback hits yeah. no pressures and lane johnson is playing with this this abductor is- yeah. issue it's unbelievable unbelievable yeah, he's a warrior. Um, look, I, they're a really good team. What are they, like 15-1 and one with Jalen Hurts plays this year? I mean, uh, they're going to be at home. And look, Brock Purdy's played two road games. One was at Seattle, which is a team that they know very well, and they had Seattle's number all year. The other was at the Raiders, which was basically a 49ers home game because that's what happens there. Yes, like this is a whole other level. Like I just don't see him. Man, he looked bad under pressure against mm. the Cowboys. He's going to be under even. These dudes have seventy-five sacks, including the playoffs. The Eagles, like man, that's going to be a problem. That that rotation up front is so deep. They get pressure inside. They get pressure off the edge. Like 
they get pressure with their safeties when they bring it. Like, I just don't think that's good news for Brock Purdy. Um, and the 49ers defense has one fatal flaw. They can't defend the deep ball. Yep. Well, I think A.J. Brown had seven touchdowns this year of 25 yards or more. Like, I just think that this defense is going to be leveraged by all the different ways the Eagles can beat them. And I think it will expose their flaws. And I'll say this. Bosa and them guys, you, you better bring in a whole lot more than you brought in against Dallas, man. I mean, Dallas didn't know on Friday who their left tackle was going to be. And I thought it would be an issue, and it was not. Like, the 49ers are going to have to get sustained pressure. Um, yeah, I, I just think this has the potential to get a little sideways. You know, Kyle Shanahan cannot be uber-conservative Kyle Shanahan. Like, mm. He's going to have to, I think, if he's going to stay in this game, he's going to have to manage this game like the way Zach Taylor kind of went into Buffalo. Like, we're going to we're gonna sling it. We're going to keep slinging it. Like, we know that other team's eventually going to get points, and we've got to outscore them. So I can't try to win this game 13-10 because I'm not going to – as good as my defense is, I'm not holding – like. The Eagles are going to get their 21, their 24, right. whatever. How do we get there? How do we get there? And we're not at home. We don't have the crowd working in our favor. You know, turnovers might not go our way. Um, how do we get there? And I think it's going to require them to sling it around. I, I, I do. I think it's going to. he's going to have to try to get Brock Purdy an early lead. Because if he doesn't, then I think this thing could really snowball the other way. And if that means you ask Purdy to do too much and he throws a pick six, so be it. But I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, hand it off to McCaffrey 25 times and throw nothing but dink and dunk underneath passes, you know, and just have these two-man routes and three-man routes. I don't know that that's going to get it done against this team. You you look at the other teams. We'll use Joe Burrow for, as an example, or even Patrick Mahomes. Let's just say he was healthy. You don't have to protect them. And you feel like going into this game that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are going to have to protect Purdy. And what I mean by that is exactly what Jason's talking about, guys. Burrow went into Buffalo. You didn't feel like you had to protect him with, we're going to be conservative with our play calling and and our run game. And that wasn't the case. Joe Burrow just did Joe Burrow things and you didn't have to protect him. I feel like this is the first game because of the circumstances you're talking about, Jason, being on the road in Philly, the atmosphere. You know, he's going to get booed from the time he steps out there, you know, three hours before the game starts, and they might be throwing stuff at him. I don't yeah. know if he's prepared for what he's about to experience. And then you're facing a really stout defense. And I just feel like knowing Kyle as I have in these kind of games, it's almost like I'm going to, you said it, be conservative and protect my quarterback. If his quarterback has 200 yards throwing, he's okay with that because he feels like he can balance this offense out with jet screens and all that kind of crap to just protect him. And I don't think you can you can beat the Eagles that way. No. That's why I think you got you said it. You got to go at them, you got to throw the football down the field, and you got to let guys play, and this is where we're really going to find out about Brock Purdy. If Purdy balls out and they find a way to win, then I'll give him all the credit next week when we have this podcast talking about what Purdy is. 8-0 right. is really good, but I think this is just a different animal to have to manage from his position and what you need to get from your quarterback. I trust Burrow in this situation. I trust Patrick Mahomes healthy in this situation against the Eagles. 
I don't trust Brock Purdy right now against this defense. And that's why I'm with you. I'm going with the Eagles as we look ahead. Um, before we get to the 49ers and Cowboys, last time we spoke last week, you were talking about Lamar Jackson. They had pressers since then, right? Eric DaCosta, oh, yeah. uh, Bashadi. Nothing so, to see here. Okay. You so, guys asking all these Lamar questions. But we love Lamar, man. We love Lamar every single day. Uh, so I want to ask you, all we, right? We, they they had great. these press conferences. Couldn't be better. And they, and then Don't I look at his Instagram. Just believe what we say. <laughs> so I heard DaCosta say, and I want to get your thoughts, Chase, because you're close to it. You know these guys. He said, we're confident we can get a deal done with Lamar. But before he said that, one of the sound bites was, it takes two to tango. Oh, yeah. And I was, and I was like, what are you saying? Like, Lamar doesn't want to do a deal? And then let's address the other thing. Does he really need an agent? Isn't the market what it should be? And they know what the ceiling is and what the floor is. And we need to meet somewhere in the middle. I don't think this is that hard. But tell me well, where you're at after these press conferences. They just, they just did it. Like they traded for Roquan Smith before the deadline. He's barely here two months. He doesn't have an agent. He had a hold in in Chicago to try to get what he wanted. They didn't think he was worth it. Guess who thought he was worth it? Eric DaCosta and big boss man Steve Bashani. So there was no negotiation when they traded for the guy. Everybody in the league know. He wants $20 million a year, bro. He's an off-ball linebacker, and he thinks he's worth $20 million a year. And maybe he'll get it on the open market. Maybe he won't. He didn't even get to the open market. These guys gave it to him. So, yeah, you can do it. Like, look, talk about Lamar Jackson, the player, versus Lamar Jackson, the agent. It's one person. It's the guy you drafted. You knew he didn't have an agent when you drafted him. You knew he didn't have an agent when Josh Allen's deal got done and you were lowballing him. You knew he didn't have an agent when you put the fifth-year option on him. Like, now, you just did a deal. You just did the highest price inside linebacker deal in the history of the NFL. Now, I get it. We're talking exponential magnitude in terms of the spending on this deal. But the concept's the concept. Like, you don't think he's worth what he thinks he's worth. You did think Roquan Smith was worth what he thought he was worth. I mean, it's just a, it's it's the same fundamental issue. Here, the owner doesn't want to pay him anything close to what he thinks he wants to make, and they can try to go about it different ways. But, yeah, look, they said what they had to say because they want to polish this diamond up as much as they can because this diamond might be going to market. So, now nah, Lamar's we're not, not hard to deal with. I mean, it's a little weird I'm not having an agent, but we're good. I talked to Lamar today. I talked to Lamar every day. Like, we're in constant communication with Lamar. Like, if we would have won that game, Lamar probably would have played the next week. Like, no, nah, everything's conky-dory. We're good. No, nah, man, like, Lamar's our guy. Who wouldn't want Lamar? Because what are they going to say? Like, they, when they try to trade him, people are going to be probing around and teams trying to figure out well, what really did go on in that training room the last three weeks and what's going on in that locker room and why did Sammy Watkins say what he said? Why was this guy not traveling with the team to Cincinnati? Like, mm. what's that all about? Like. So, yeah, they, they're doing what they have to do. Um, time is running out. Once they put the tag on him, they have to be prepared to trade him because I don't think he's signing that tag for either. a long time. And now you got a new offensive coordinator who doesn't have the quarterback. You know, like, it, I just, I don't, I mean. Who's the new, who do you think they're going to hire? I don't know, man. They're going to talk to a lot of people. I, I still wonder at the end of the day, do they promote from within? That's kind of been there. 
their MO, their quarterback coach, James Urban, they think really highly of him. Some other teams have talked to him a little bit in the past. Um, but they're casting a pretty wide net. They seem infatuated with the McVay-Shanahan thing, which I get. I mean, I, there's been a lot of successful people who've come out of that. But that process is really just beginning. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I think March 4th is the cutoff to apply – either the 4th or the 7th is the cutoff to apply a franchise tag. If slash when they get to that point without having made any headway with this young man, then I think you've got to tag him with the intention of marketing him to other teams. And this is where I will say the agent thing might come in. Normally you go give a guy permission to speak to other teams about trades, i.e. go find what they're going to pay you. The agent does that. Like right. I don't know that Lamar Jackson's going to be on a phone with Arthur Blank negotiating a deal. Sure. Right? Now, so that's where the Ravens might have to do it for him. Like, the, like Eric DaCosta might have to get on the phone with those guys and find out what they're really willing to pay and then funnel it back to Lamar. I mean, I don't know. Like, that part of it, could if he's on an exclusive rights tag, which means you can't talk to other teams except they grant permission for you to talk to other teams, you know, the division of labor there could be a little awkward. But the Ravens might have to go find his deal. Like, that, that's why you have all these people working there, right? He's one kid. Whatever, 26, not a kid. One young man. You've got your whole enterprise there, your your team that's probably worth five billion dollars. If you have to broker the trade, broker the trade. Yeah, it, it shouldn't matter. Let, let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll talk about the Cowboys 49ers as we'll wrap this edition up of In the Huddle, guys. Thursday, Brian Baldinger will be here. We'll talk about what's coming up this weekend in the conference championship games, break down these games, strategy, etc. If he goes somewhere else, who the hell is quarterbacking the Ravens? Because what I saw with the backups, I don't trust either one of those guys to be a playoff uh, contending no. quarterback in that division. Yeah, like I think there's some guys who would fit. You know, I think Ryan Tannehill, if if they if they told you, I mean, the one thing I will, one of the things I'll buy from that uh, press conference was Harbaugh saying, look, whoever the offensive coordinator is, like there's certain things we do here that we're always going to do. They've got Dobbins. They've got Gus the Edwards. Yeah, they're right? the they've got an offensive line that can road grade you. And they think their defense is elite. And, and maybe it'll prove to be. Um, so, like, Ryan Tannehill is perfectly equipped to only throw it, you know, 20 to 25 times, try to kill you on play action, hit the deep, hit the deep balls and hand it off. Like, so, you know, I think he could be a caretaker. I like the season Jacoby Brissett had. Jacoby Brissett early down play action was really effective. Like, and he's a guy who's not going to care if he throws it 35 times, 40 times. Like, because again, I don't think that's who they're going to be. So there's options out there. You know, they'll be in position to draft a quarterback in all likelihood, you know, if they make a deal with a Carolina or an Atlanta who have a top 10 pick. But that kid's, whoever he is, not, not going to be ready to play. And with the way they're built, they're telling people we're not rebuilding. You know, we're we're a Super Bowl contender next year. I think you need a redshirt year for whoever that is. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there's got you know like you could run the gamut. You know, there's a, a Gardner Minshew, a Heineke. I don't think they want to go that route. You know, around here people are excited about Derek Carr. I'm not. I'm not. But like. You get them, and it won't cost you a whole lot, you know, in terms of draft compensation uh, and the trade. So there's, there's, you know, they can find a caretaker. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's one of the big stories we'll be following this offseason. And, guys, it's not going anywhere. I agree with Jason. If you're Lamar, you're not signing a franchise tag deal. You just you, There's no reason you to. Squat on it. You, 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 there's no reason to. So you can still get what you want, which is ultimately the money you want, and or at least close to it, and be where you want by not signing that. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, 17, check that, 15 interceptions this year. It's the most he's thrown since 2017. Seven years in the league, Jace, and and his mistakes cost them. Plain and simple. The two, I thought the two picks were the difference in the game because, yeah. again, scoring opportunities were limited. And yeah. now everybody's freaking out about what's going to happen. So what's going to happen? McCarthy staying? You stay in the course with Dak? Obviously, you just paid him. You just got to get him better. Does Dan Quinn leave or does Dan Quinn take over? There's a lot yeah. of questions right now about the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean – Jerry Jones thought he had a Super Bowl roster. Like I think he'll continue to look at it that way. Um, he's got a lot invested in the quarterback. I, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy there. You know, I think Dak Prescott goes into next year as their starter. Um, letting Amari Cooper walk ended up really biting him in the in the backside, and that's Jerry. Jerry didn't think he was worth twenty million bucks. Yeah, um, they could have really used another another outside deep ball guy. You know, Gallup is eh, he's all right, but Gallup with Cooper on the other side and Lamb in the slot and Schultz in the slot. Now that's okay. Different. That's yeah. a different animal. They never got there. Um I don't think I, the only way I think something happens with McCarthy is if some team is on the precipice of hiring Dan Quinn and there's a part of Jerry Jones that's just like, I can't lose this guy. Like, you know, maybe my quarterback is more flawed than I thought. We've got to be a monster on defense, and these dudes play their tail off for him. Now, I think they have some flaws on defense, too. But but more likely than not, I don't think anything changes. Kellen Moore is not getting a head coaching job. I mean, I, I, would, move, I would move off of Kellen Moore. I, would, like, I think we've seen that. It is what it is. There was a lot of sizzle about him. I don't know about the state. A lot of sizzle. He's been – amazing at generating headlines and people in the media, even three, four years ago, telling you how great he was. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Whoever drew up those shenanigans at the end of the game, <laughs> see, like, if that's his yeah. play, you got to go. Yeah, got, it was, it was weak go. sauce. It was, it was weak sauce. I, uh, yeah, the Kellen Moore thing, I'm not sold on. I haven't been for the last few years. I think that's something Two things that have to happen in Dallas, and we're going to talk more about this as we move along, guys, because we got a long offseason with these teams now that are out of the playoffs. you got to challenge Dak. That doesn't mean you bring in another quarterback, but he's got to be challenged in a way yeah. that he's not been challenged to be better. And then the other thing is just, you know, from a play-calling standpoint, Zeke's going to take a pay cut. We'll get into that because he's going to, you know, he's still paid a, a, owed a lot of money. Uh, yeah. He's going to have to take a restructured deal. Pollard now, broke leg, coming off of the injury. You That's know, true. that was a big deal because they probably wanted to keep Pollard, but yep. that may change their opinions. So the Cowboys have a lot of stuff going on, but I do think you're right. A lot will not change simply because I think they're going to stay the course. And here's the thing. I keep hearing Sean Payton, Sean Payton. Sean Payton's not taking a job where Jerry is in control of the player personnel. Exactly. He's not doing it. So that's not going to happen while, as long as Jerry's going to say, hey, I'm still in control of the player personnel. So there's a lot there, guys, but the Cowboys simply 
didn't make enough plays, and they got outplayed by the 49ers. 19-12, close game, good defensive struggle, but this is where you needed Dak to will his way and make plays, and he wasn't able to do it. And that's why everybody's doubting what this thing's going to be moving forward. Jace, we got to run out of here, man. We got to get out of here. I hope you have a great weekend. Who do you, you like, too. by Happy the way? Birthday. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, bro. How? how uh, who do you like, by the way? Moving on this weekend. I, I I think it's Cincinnati and Philadelphia, man, in the Super Bowl. I, I and it it might not be super close. I agree. I, I like both of those teams. I just think the way things are setting up for both teams. We're going to talk with Brian Baldinger on Thursday. Make sure you're here. Subscribe to the podcast in the huddle. Subscribe, like, tell your friends, guys. For Jason Lock on 4, I'm Carl Dukes. Dylan, thank you so much, producer of this show. We appreciate you as always. Everybody have a great day.